in a world crying out for a top 10 show. John Roca and Matt Nost are here to bring you the top 10. Take it away, boys. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another brand new episode of the Top 10. I am John Roca. And I am Matt Nost. We're here to bring you another Top 10 show, this time based on a suggestion from a Boss Hog patron over at patreon.com forward slash the top 10 with the number 10. And if you'd like to suggest a topic, head over there and join us on Patreon, and you can do that. We take topics once a month from our lovely patrons. Yeah. And uh, how are you? I'm good. Good. Just really busy today. A lot of stuff going on this week. So, uh, yeah, good, good overall. How about you? Um, not bad. Not okay. Bad. Saw the uh, the clip of <clears throat> Harry Styles that Rolling Stone put out yesterday okay. from uh, the new movie, Olivia Wilde's new movie coming yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The accent is all over the fucking place. <laughs> It's, I mean, it is so... That's funny I, you say that, because people are thinking that he's going to get nominated for this uh, film. A lot of people have been saying that. So, interesting. All right, I haven't seen look, anything on it, so... It's a, like, 30-second snippet, but I saw it on Twitter, and then somebody was like, look, this thing goes from Yorkshire to the Bronx to down <laughs> south to somewhere back in England. And I was like, oh, really? And then I watched it, and I was like, boy, they're not wrong. This thing is fucking... All over the place. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, who knows if it was just that one scene because he was so dialed in. It's like a passionate scene with him and Florence Pugh. Yeah. Right. 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 Maybe, maybe he got lost on. in the moment type of yeah. thing. Yeah. And I, I'm not, I'm, you know, I'm not uh, judging before I see the film, but uh, that doesn't, that doesn't bode well. That coupled yeah. with the now, like she's defending him. Oh, on, it's, there's all kinds of drama around that movie now with everything that's happening uh, and everything going on. I'm looking it up right now, but like there's so much going on with that movie uh, because people are responding to it. Um, people are responding to people are doing articles about like the pay disparity between apparently Harry Styles was reportedly or the rumor to be being paid like three or four times, what Florence Pugh was getting paid. Really? Yeah. But she came out and said that that's bullshit, that she's a woman who has fought for pay disparity all her life. And she thinks these are clickbait articles. And then she was talking about how she got served at CinemaCon, which I was actually in the room for and witnessed live in front of us, her getting served the papers from Jason Sudeikis. And of course, Sudeikis said, Oh, I had no idea he was, she was going to be served there. That's the process server and all whatever. But to me, now I've changed my mind a little bit because initially I believed him, but now I think, cause she says, you know, there's a reason I left that relationship. So that tells you right there that there's a little bit of bitterness still between them. And she said that in the interview. And then there's rumors that apparently she started her relationship with Harry Styles while they were making the movie and that she was still married. And that kind of really pissed off Florence Pugh. So there are rumors about that as well. Now, she tried to shoot down all of them in that interview in Variety. So but I don't believe anybody anymore. Matt, I'm at this stage now where I don't believe a fucking soul who talks 
no. uh, into any publication promoting anything. I don't believe a word they say about their personal lives or about drama or about pay disparity. I don't believe a fucking word. I've seen too many people lie and behind the scenes, just seen too many people just not tell the truth. Even the puff pieces now, I abhor the puff pieces because I'm like, these are all lies. These are just fabricated by PR machines to make mm-hmm. you like this person. Then you find out later they keep babies in cages in the bottom of their house. Like you just, you just don't know with the madness that goes on in, in fucking Hollywood. There's too much hypocritical, hypocritical approaches to the world. You know, that's my two yeah. cents. Yeah. I don't, all the, did I cheat on Sudeikis or whatever else? Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? We've seen it happen a million times. So I well, wouldn't. Yeah. yeah. It, he's not squeaky clean either. He cheated on. His first wife, uh, from what I understand, a couple, a few times. So, I mean, like, Ted Lasso is a character. Ted Lasso is not Jason Sudeikis. Let's make that real, real clear. All right. There's, there's in the world, there's different, those are great characters, not the same person. Jerry Lewis entertained for decades, massive dick behind the scenes. So it's just, you just never know. So it's that kind of stuff that I go back to and, and whatever. So, yeah. So there's a lot going involved in that movie. So I hope the movie comes out. I hope it's good. It certainly seems, from the trailer that it's good but there's a lot of drama already around this thing which is such a shame yeah who knows yeah. who knows usually release date is an indicator but considering that this wasn't supposed to be a tentpole movie yeah i'm not holding against like three thousand years of longing I- i'm not holding out great expectations for it because if it was really good this is george miller it would have been put as a tentpole a right. month ago to six weeks ago so just like oh i am wary of this even though visually it looks pretty fucking stunning <laughs> Uh, yeah. Whereas something like this, like this is a smaller film, so the release date doesn't mean as much to me. No, right? no, no, right. But they want uh, this to be considered for Oscars. They, they're definitely trying to get Oscars off this movie for sure. That's the buzz we'll all the way back from Con- CinemaCon. So yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I Did saw you see the, the Andor clip. Did you see the Andor clip? The uh, no, now watch. Okay. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna tune in to the show. Okay, they still have me. The Marvels. Like I haven't watched She-Hulk yet. Okay, I, I, I that one might suck me in. Yeah, I might She-Hulk? end up watching that. It looks interesting. Okay, from afar, but I don't know. Uh, She's a good actress. She is. Yeah, but Star Wars is getting to the point where it's like I don't know if I trust you guys <laughs> for this for this anymore. Even though I say ah. that, and then they announce the next project, and it sounds really interesting, and I'm intrigued. Yeah. And then they put out a teaser trailer. Like they did with Obi Wan, and I'm like, ooh, yeah. Uh, and then and you see the show, Obi-Wan. and you're like, eh, you know, it's all right, I guess. <laughs> it had its moments. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not entirely sure what I want, so that I'm part of the problem, I guess. Uh, but yeah, I have I have not seen it. It's coming out soon enough. Yeah. Um, for whatever reason, everybody's stacking their major releases right now between Game of Thrones, and then we have. Uh, Lord of the Rings, and then right after that, we've got Star Wars. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't yeah, know yeah. why you guys decided to all do this in a three week span, but yeah. okay, I'm fine with that. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be it's curious a- as to whether or not Game of Thrones and uh, Lord of the Rings undercut each other, considering it's the same realm. Yeah, I like the uh, first episode that aired this past weekend for House of the Dragon. I'm supposed to, fingers crossed, be getting Rings of Power here in the next day or so. So I can watch those this weekend, but I, you know, I'm excited because both of these trailers and both of the 
multiple trailers, rather, both the franchises with the multiple trailers have gotten me excited to see both of the projects. So I'm I want to see more. Um, but Game of Thrones is dude, that's I forgot how exhaustive that fucking show is. Like dropping hints from characters from you know 200 years ago or 300 years ago or whatever and prophecies and yeah. all these allusions to things he called it the song of fire <laughs> and ice <laughs> he said the thing he said the thing DiCaprio maybe yeah, yeah precisely all of that nonsense it's crazy uh, babe so yeah that first episode look I, I am extending them goodwill sure sure you want to see if maybe they yeah. learn their lessons here yeah you know, uh, watching it when what's his name? The evil uncle. I can't remember the actor's name. Uh, yeah, Doctor David, Who. Matt Smith. Matt Smith. There you go. I knew it was Matt something or other. Hmm. But he comes out in that helmet, and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Did you guys get this off the rejected pile from Willow? It's a because Thor helmet. It's a Thor helmet. That's what it it's, is. It's. It's subtle, is what it is. <laughs> and then I saw people online like, "Oh my god, I love this helmet." You're like, "Okay, I don't know about any of that." Uh, but they, I mean, it, oh, setting up hilarious. this could be very interesting. Yeah, I know. I'm looking crossed. forward to it. Yeah. But I, boy, if if they have like, you know, five good seasons and then shit the bed again, I'm <sighs> really going to be kicking myself. I know you're not wrong. Yeah, you're not wrong. People are already saying that. Like, I'm not getting in because of those reasons. You're like. Ah. <laughs> Yeah, but that's you can't you can't live life like that. I mean, for God's yeah. sakes, you got to take chances. You got, I mean, they had one bad season. Is one bad season going to, you know, stop you from giving them? I mean, they they had seven good seasons. People focus too much on the negative. Like, oh, you fucked up once. Fuck it, I don't trust you. What about the thirty five other times I got it right? No, 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 I don't trust you because you fucked up <sighs> once. I can't believe in you again. It's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Man? Yeah, but in that one, I, it's the same with Lost. It's like I was with you, although I think Game of Thrones was a better product overall. <laughs> but the endings, such you know, soured my taste of it that I don't ever want to go back and rewatch it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I but I, but I, I, I still go back and watch occasional episodes. But you're not wrong. There's always that twinge in the back of my mind of yeah, but they, this is not going to yeah, end. It's unfulfilling percent in a satisfying way. So yeah, I didn't mind the ending, but I. I understand that it didn't hit the mark as much as it should have. So I totally get it. Um, but for me, you know, it's still fun to go see the constant or these other episodes that I really love. It's nice to kind of turn the, you know, kind of feeling about how negative that ending was to, and, and enjoy the show and enjoy the writing and the acting. Mm -hmm. And it's a shame. You're right. I mean, I would love to see another lost approach that could, that would be better to kind of smooth things over yeah, because I think both of these franchises are smoothing things over. Like a lot, some people really didn't like. A lot of people didn't really like the Hobbit movies, and they're the source of scorn. And people make fun of them, even though I like them. Um, so this Rings of Power is a way to kind of bring everything back. We've got another Fellowship. We've got Ladriel is back. We've got Harfoots, which are essentially hobbits. We've got Sauron. So it's a way to kind of get people back into the Lord of the Rings vibe from the Lord of the Rings movies. And then Game of Thrones has very much from the first episode that vibe from the early Game of Thrones seasons. So we're going to see that, you know, and the same thing. We've got a silver haired Targaryen who wants the Iron Throne, a female silver haired Targaryen. So it's 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 certainly things that they've I think they're taking a page out of Force Awakens and like, let's make it as similar as possible to something we know, but still kind of make it its own thing. And both of these franchises. Yeah, we'll see where it goes from here. Yeah, I'm fine with the drawing parallels to what we've already seen because you need to slowly bring people into a world that they know and yeah, yeah, yeah. they don't know at all 
and it's not like we don't repeat patterns in our own lives yeah or in our own society you know in our own history so yeah yeah it makes a, a tremendous amount of sense i just wasn't yeah. blown away and i saw some people um whose opinion was wildly in favor and i'm not against but i was just like yeah. okay i wasn't bowled over right. but the world building is as good as before and i'll yeah. be intrigued to you know where you take this long term yeah it's yeah. just they keep stacking you know all these releases but so long as they're good i'm not going to complain yeah sure so long as they're good that's yeah. really important thing you're right about that um we should say hi to cam chabin and alex russell who are joining us live uh six people are joining us live right now so great to see them in here paul cree is in here as well so uh, these are the perks you get when you're a $10 and above patron. You get to come in and hang out with us live as we record the show every second Thursday and fourth Thursday of the month. Uh, and uh, these are live shows. So uh, more of you should be showing up here to hang out with us live as we do these shows because we have a lot of fun doing them. Live. And you get to have us unfiltered and unedited uh, getting into the things that we're getting into. What's up, James Petty? Good to see you in here as well. Um, anything more we should talk about, Matt, before we go forward? Kevin Durant staying with the Nets, what you uh, anticipated was going to happen. It was a big, yeah. it was a collective, yeah, I kind of saw that coming uh, yeah. from a lot of the basketball analysts and pundits. It was surprising. Once you saw that the, there was no leverage, nobody was going to fork over what the Nets wanted. Yeah. It's like, okay. Or wherever he's going to get traded to, if he agreed to it, they're going to have to gut that team. So what's the point? Yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah. yeah you're staying. they uh unsurprising to say the very least yeah they they made a big deal out of it but i feel the big deal was all just uh brand saving or face saving for kevin like oh we yeah, it was like meet kevin we yeah kobe when he yeah. wanted to get traded yeah uh and wanted to go to the bulls right and that's when i became a full-on hypocrite <laughs> uh because i was never a kobe fan and then was like he wants to go to the bulls and i was like dude this kobe guy fucking legit uh, I never denied his talent, but I just didn't think he was a good teammate. Right. We're terrible. We're terrible sport. Sports fans are terrible people. Yeah. We're just terrible people. We're, yeah. We're, I wasn't like excited about it, but it had it happened. I would have fully supported, been on board and rooted for him and been happy about it. I hated the way I felt watching Alex Rodriguez and pinstripes win a world series for my Yankees. It was disgusting and ugly. And I hated him for the steroid stuff. Yet I celebrated that world series. Could, would I give it back today if I could? Sure. We'd still have 26 other ones, so it's not a big deal. But I still hated. Are you going to watch his documentary, The Admiral? Oh. <laughs> it better not be called The Admiral. <laughs> the Water Boys. A-Rod, Admiral. <laughs> it's just kind of a parallel to. It better not be. They're higher better, ranked than a captain. A on that son of a bitch. Ever, man. <laughs> um. I saw a guy yesterday. Yeah. Let me ask you this. As a Latino man, I'm assuming yes. this guy was Latino, but I, I would oh. I would be shocked if he wasn't. Okay. Fair enough. Um I saw a Latino gentleman probably in his yeah. mid fifties with the fryer tuck. And I was like, dude, you just gotta shave that. Ooh, yeah, I've seen that before. I full on like bald spot moving outward. He's just keeping yeah, not even the horseshoe. He still has the hair on the front. And I saw that and I was like, boy, that's it. Did he have like a a, a Native American look to him or Native South American look to him? Because that there there are, there are people who are Indian origin or Native origin in the countries who sport that look still as an homage. So. No, no, no. This was a the hair was thinned out. There were still a couple oh, okay. hairs growing in the bald spot. Okay, and he was. 
I, I've just, well, I mean, I can't even think of another time that I've seen an actual fryer tuck yeah. in real life. And, uh, yeah, it's, and then I was like, God, how many Latino dudes do I know are bald outside of the ones that shaved their head? Right, right, right. They, they, but it's not as common occurrence. Like you don't see a Latino guy with the horseshoe, which I've got a friend no. with the horseshoe. No, not too many. No, no, yeah. No. And I was like, oh, this, and then so the just ran through. Have I ever seen a Latino dude with a horseshoe, with the fryer tuck, with any kind? It's usually just full on shaved. <laughs> I, once it goes, they just embrace, it seems to be, it's they embrace the baldness. That's right. <laughs> Uh, I was like, oh, Friar Tuck. Uh, <laughs> um, Paul Creason here. He's got some quiet. He's got some comments here. He says, uh, John, and, uh, John, and Matt. I listened to Topic Thunder brackets today. Uh, I'm enjoying the brackets, but I got to say, one of the best things about the main show is making the list in the back and forth between you guys for bracket shows. I think it'd be awesome if we got your combined bracket choices. It's not a bad idea. Uh, we're working with a producer uh, who has uh, reached out to us and wanted to have discussions about uh, the show. So we're trying to schedule a meeting with him and uh, hopefully he will come on and produce the show. And then, uh, of course, Josh Sachs has said he's down to help. So that's certainly something that's slowly brewing. And I don't know where we're going to go with it, Matt. Is it going to take the place of the main show? Is it going to be uh, an occasional topic thunder we've talked about using it as a uh you know topic thunder then a bracket show topic thunder bracket show but um we'll see my mind's starting to turn i kind of like this idea and someone just said call it the bracket or the bracket show and that's kind of simple and to the point where are you at on all of this can you say right now or are you still thinking about it i um i don't i haven't thought about it any more than what we've had discussions about between the fair teams. enough Okay. Um, and the name, I have not come up with anything. Like, I like the bracket better than the bracket show. Yeah, I like the bracket. I like that a lot. The bracket. Uh, but I don't know. The simplicity yeah. isn't bad. Yeah. I feel like there's got to be something else out there that's better. <laughs> but I don't know what that is. So. Bracket, racket, racket. But yeah, maybe. Bracket, <laughs> racket. Yeah. Some sort of play on Banana Rama, Brackarama, Brackarama, No, because then I go Barackarama. What is going on here? And it's all just about Barack Obama. Yeah, here are the policies that he did in year two. Let's go through and just break down our favorites and our least favorites. Here it is. Ah, <laughs> yes, the extension of the uh, the tax credit. Oh. That's my number one for the year. There we what go. What do you mean? I, only ten people are listening. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh man <laughs> and two of them are not happy about this show <laughs> no no one of them's Trump um, yeah no I'm down I'm, I, we're, we're, we're ruminating right now certainly it's a new idea that's exciting both of us so we're trying to figure out how we want to go with it and yeah we've done the top 10 lists but we've been doing it for like 7 years you know at some point you kind of hit a wall about the repetitive nature of it and so we've been kicking around the idea of you know how we're going to make the show different so certainly the bracket thing has kind of grabbed us a little bit and it's kind of fun to have you all do the work for a little bit and then we discuss it that's kind of fun actually so i, I personally have enjoyed the bracket stuff and it's kind of made me excited to because then it's like okay we're taking it's a kind of combination of of you know um what did we used to do when we would oh yeah the thunderdome it's kind of a little bit of the thunderdome where you guys suggest a film and then we discuss it or talk about it. So this is you guys suggesting brackets. 
So um, if you're listening, get your brackets ready. Uh, we, you know, have them prepped. Go to a really good website, create the brackets. Think about how you're going to explain the 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 seating in your brackets. Study some March Madness shit so you understand how a bracket works. Uh, and then, you know, get ready for us to put the call out and start sending them in. And I imagine, uh, well, I mean, send them in for to- Topic Thunder for now. But if you want to hold on to some really big ones, I imagine we'll have our producer and Josh Sachs kind of disseminate those uh, good ones. And uh, we'll we'll turn them into an episode at some point down the road. So we're still kind of figuring it all out, though. No promises. No promises. So, all right. Just putting that out there. Anything else we need to discuss? Or are we good to go? No, let's uh, let's jump into it today. We got a, a good one, thanks to Matt Hasso, Boss Hog yeah. uh, patron, and uh, we uh, we are covering today AI movies, artificial yeah. intelligence. One of John's greatest fears comes to see, fruition. I, I know you don't follow, but did you see? I posted something on Twitter where two um, computers started talking to it recently and and wrote a whole thing and this this thing figured out and spoke and said you guys think artificial intelligence is this it's actually this and down the road it'll be this and this is why humans won't be able to understand it or get it and it was going on for like a whole page it scared the living shit out of me it was reasoning it was logical so you know you guys can keep denying it but when it fucking happens i don't want to hear it when you're getting ass rammed by a computer, I don't want to fucking hear it because that's what's going to happen. Why? <sighs> why would a computer be messing with your? Because it knows how to psychologically break you down, and it knows if you're if you're one of those people that doesn't want to be ass raped or ass rammed, uh, it'll mess with your mind. It'll make you more docile and more easily controllable. I'm telling you, they've thought of everything. AI. <laughs> Just put it out there. I like the idea of. The thing that you fear and hate the most is somehow going to make you docile. Yeah, that's how human <laughs> psychology works. Hey, your fear, yeah. You, you can't stand spiders. We're just going to throw spiders at you constantly, and you're just going to calm down. You're just going to calm down. Uh, Easy guy. Easy yeah. guy. I mean, I guess if it's done enough, you just come to accept it, and then this yeah. is my life now situation. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're quite a ways. Mm-hmm. from any genuine fear of this so how would you know how would you possibly know that that we're far away from that you have no idea i don't yeah i don't just, have i don't have any idea just guessing but i'm i would bet good money that we're quite a long way away from having a genuine fear of this i think we're one connected logic board away from complete annihilation i feel it i like that you chose logic board do you know what a logic board does it's in the computer (laughs) (laughs) that's as far as i know what a logic board does perfect does the motherboard give birth to more (laughs) computer chips in your world motherboard will give life to artificial intelligence (laughs) exactly that's where the ass ramming comes in then it takes some of the human collected DNA and infuses it into the motherboard, Ugh. and then we get baby computer chips thereafter. It's a mix of silicon life form and carbon based life form com- combining. Yeah, it's related. The files are in the computer. The files are in the computer. Oh, man. Good stuff. Good stuff. <laughs> 
Uh, anyway, we'll be dead soon. I don't know. Um, all right. So let's, uh, that's what we're going to get into. We're going to count down our top 10 AI films. Matt, how's the show work? We uh, got this great topic from Mr. Hasso. We went our yeah. separate ways, created personal top 10 list. Show back up here. I do my bottom three. He does his bottom three. I do my next two. He does his next two. Then we trade one apiece. Once we have revealed our personal top 10 list, we create the shows between the two of us. Ba 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 boom. All right. Um, what do you got at number 10, guy? At number 10, yes. Uh, I have Interstellar for TARS. Ooh, good choice. Yeah, with uh, what's his face? TARS. Yeah. Because it's not a central character. Yeah, it's lower. It, it, he, it, well, it is, I guess. I'll say he because they use uh, a male voice. Yeah, a male voice. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, what's his, the actor? He's in uh, My Blue Heaven in the Bobby McFerrin video with Robin Williams. Oh, yeah, Bill Irwin. Yes. Bill there you Irwin. go. Uh, Very funny it's guy. his voice. Yeah. And you need TARS basically to, to get the calculations from the black hole and to set up quite a few things. Like it, it uh, saves Anne Hathaway's character on that one yeah. planet that's too close to Gargantuan uh, when the tidal wave is coming about to crush the ship and send him back another 35 years. Right. Uh, instead of so he's pivotal at various moments. Plus, Adds nice moments of levity yes. uh, with Matthew McConaughey's character. Like, do you, do you want me to mess with your your humor settings and whatnot? <laughs> um, and a nice, just it, a good juxtaposition against the seriousness of it, but also still yeah. bringing that into it when they need some heavy mathematics and science done for them. Yeah. yeah, yeah Especially yeah. in regards to uh, crunching the data that they get from the black hole. Right but then, Tars has to give Matthew McConaughey, and he's got to alter gravity to speak to his daughter from yeah. a previous time past. Spoilers. Um, even saying that, you need to see it. That doesn't really make a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, but that being said, anybody who's listening to this more than likely has seen Interstellar, so I'm not too concerned with spoiling that one. I would hope so. Um, but it's in lieu of there were other ones where. I didn't think it rose up enough to the level of artificial intelligence. Okay. There were a couple that came up on various lists and I was like, I don't, if you're counting that, then I think it opens up the door to these others. Yeah. And I'm not sure about that. And there was one that I saw come up on a couple of other people's lists. Mm. Uh, Cause as, as per usual, I did mine and then I found a Wikipedia article and then I did a keyword search on IMDB. And then I just yeah. did a general Google search to see if there's anything I missed. Uh, but uh, I'll, I'll say it because I I don't think it would come up on your list, but Minority Report. Yeah, just missed uh, the cut. Just missed the cut. For where's me. the AI? The self-driving cars? Uh, probably. Uh, isn't she with her advanced no. abilities AI? No, no. Okay. she's just she has precognition, so it's right. a mental ability, as well, far as I yeah, recall. I guess the cars, self-driving cars. It's a self, yeah. So it's just like one scene. I don't know. It came up on a couple lists, and I was like, "Where is the artificial intelligence in this?" Yeah, yeah. Um, whereas at least Tars was a central character. I also left off all the Star Wars movies. I put that on. So the- did I. I thought about it, but That's, I was like, ah, yeah. Um, as great as R two D two and three C three P O are, I mean, he built those droids, so. It's not really some kind of big deal that it's artificial intelligence. So I tried to focus on um, things that are artificial intelligence based um, 
as opposed to he's just accepted, you know, except for maybe one or two places. So <laughs> as I think about it now, basically, I just didn't want to put Star Wars films on the thing because that's just yeah, I, I didn't feel like it, it. Yeah, it didn't feel like it fit the criteria. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I agree. I couldn't come up with because you had R2 and C3PO and then there's K2SO. Right, Rogue One, and BB-8. I was like, ah, yeah, BB. I was like, yeah, I don't know, it just yeah. doesn't really feel like. Because usually, also, artificial intelligence is astutely intelligent, right? And most of those characters get into shenanigans where they didn't think two steps ahead. And you're like, well, aren't you a computer? Yeah, right. Good point. Uh, but yeah, they they seem to be more there for comedic effect. Yeah, yeah. Um. So anyway, Tars from Tars. Interstellar. Interstellar. What's your nine? Or do you want to uh, say more about that? No, that's fine. Okay. We've, we talked about Interstellar before. Okay. Yeah, true. Uh, at nine, I've got small soldiers. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead, man. <laughs> they they come to life. I, I, I'm not dis- – it's a valid choice. It's just not one of my favorites. So go ahead. I actually really enjoy – I think it's it skirts the line between – perfect movie for like teenage young teenage sure sure and perfect movie to watch with young teenage so everybody gets Mm -hmm. a little something uh, out of this for sure but i think you could watch it as an adult and still enjoy it uh, tremendously Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. plus you get some you know like tommy lee jones is uh the the villain the main villain voice actor and i think it's frank langella is the main good guy yeah and then on top of that, like, uh, I don't know, you, you you have a population of very good actors in the midst of mm. this movie. But in essence, they get, so they're just supposed to be simple toys. Uh, and I think it's Jay Moore. sentences? Are you going to finish? <laughs> I think it's Jay Moore. <laughs> okay. Works at, so it's a, one of these multinational conglomerates and they have a toy division. They also mm-hmm. do, we, they have a weapons division. Okay. So they take this artificial intelligence chip that they've been using in weapon systems. Yeah, and he's yeah. like, well, I can get it cheaper from our own subdivision. So he puts those in the toys and then the toys come to life and then they take on their personas a little too seriously in that mm. the guys that are soldiers are hell bent on destroying these Ewok type characters and they will do everything in their power to kill them. Wow. And it's a fight between the two of them. Have you not seen the movie? I I saw them. Yeah, no, no, I saw them. I was just, just listening to you describe it is what I'm saying. Oh. You're only halfway through the movie. Well, I mean, that's in essence the movie. <laughs> and it's the battle back and forth and the human siding with Yeah. Yeah, the good guy side, obviously. Isn't Sean Astin in this, or am I thinking something else? No, yeah, I only saw it once. So you back in the nineties. Um, Who's the kid in this? The kid in this was one of those that kids. Oh yeah, um, small soldiers. He was in a bunch of stuff for like three, four years. Well, Kirsten then, Dunst is in this. Oh wow, yeah, she's the neighbor that he has a crush on. Gotcha. David Cross, Dennis uh, Leary. Acid what's his name? Magic. Something Dunn is the Kevin dad. Dunn, yes. Kevin Dunn. Yeah, yeah. Um, Phil Hartman. Wow. Yeah, it's got a surprisingly good cast. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. 
And who's the kid? It's like a... Oh, sorry. His name is Gregory Smith. Dude, you got to have a better name than that. Powers Booth. (laughs) I mean, that's a fucking name. That's a name, baby. He stopped working around 2017. Uh, Last credit on on IMDb is Designated Survivor. But he was a series regular on that Rookie Blue show that was around until 2015 with uh, Missy Peregrine. Never even heard of it. Rookie oh, Blue? Yeah. Okay. yeah, Rookie Blue. It was on ABC. The generic uh, cop procedural? Yeah, basically. Yeah. And, you know, they're all rookies and how they move through the system. I, I mean, I almost watch it because I'm a, I think I got a big crush on Missy Peregrine, who was in that uh, Stick It film. She's, she's a hottie. So I was like, oh, maybe I'll watch her, but then I never did. So, uh, but she's also talented. Don't get mad at me, people. She's also talented. But you're allowed to be attracted to people, John. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, thank God. I don't know nowadays, man, what you're allowed to say and not say. Because uh, apparently you can fawn all over men's abs, but you can't fawn all over a woman's attractiveness. So I try to, I try to figure it out. It's a, it's a minefield sometimes, but I'm trying to do my best. I mean, I'd imagine so long as you're not, you know, gross about it. It's yeah, fine. leery. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like specifically like oh you know what makes me fucking rock hard and you're like all right dial it down guy whoa yeah yeah i don't need to know your fetishes <laughs> whereas opposed to saying like they're attractive i think is perfectly innocuous okay. and fine Jesus who doesn't God. want to hear that they're attractive right exactly that's a fair point yeah I mean, there's the uh, the flip side of you know who's an uggo and you're like you can't <laughs> okay now you've gone too probably in this day and age wow but i also like small soldiers because this does not seem like the project tommy lee jones would ever sign on to in a billion years yeah 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 and yet his voice is absolutely perfect for it he made some weird choices in the 1990s man not gonna lie some weird choices so it's interesting like the why are you in a batman film like why in the hell are you in a batman film Uh, he did it for his son i believe He's 95 years old. How old was his son? 35? 40? Come on. I, I don't, well, at that time, I don't know. Oh, I, good I point. Know. At that time. Yeah. 25 years ago. <laughs> so. Jesus, that's hard to. That's hard to. Kind of, I mean, I would assume he was probably a teenager. He was born in 1946. So this film was in his 50s. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Fair enough. Kids probably. Yeah. What if he had yeah, a kid at 40 or something? All right. Fair enough. Or 38. Like, it's it's conceivable. Yeah, I don't want to mess with the guy. Plus, by the time it comes out, but he, by the time he signs on, his son was a couple of years younger. And they go into production and all that yeah. stuff. So, uh, yeah. yeah. But, yeah, he didn't enjoy Jim Carrey on that set. No, he did not. They, have you ever seen the video of him showing up? Or I think he shows up at a dinner or something. Or, or Carrey is talking about the story where he shows up at a dinner. Yeah. They show yeah. up at the same restaurant. Yeah. And Tommy Lee Jones is like, I cannot condone your buffoonery. <laughs> like, okay. He's excited to work with him. And uh, yeah. apparently that flew by the wayside pretty quickly. Yeah. Do you like Jim Carrey with the beard or without the beard? Uh, I don't really have an opinion, I guess. Okay. I like the bearded Carrey. I dig the bearded Carrey. Okay. I'm all over it. Oh, oh yeah. Young Sean Austin is the other drug cartel taking over a private school. Right. Right. Oh, yeah. You mean uh, toy soldiers? Toy soldiers. Right. Not small soldiers. Right. 
or right small super soldiers small soldiers yeah small soldiers. i i would watch toy soldiers that's right. toy soldiers over taps every day of the week <laughs> i've never even seen taps it's one of those I, ones that i it's too depressing past in the 80s it's too depressing what's depressing is tom cruise's teeth in that movie that those are fucking depressing jesus i, I can't i can't do it every time i see a clip of him and his teeth are like i was like okay man but he got fully jacked up done smart just like Ben Affleck and his baby teeth getting fixed after Armageddon. Smart. I never noticed. Or before Armageddon. I think it was before or maybe after. Either way, when you want to be a superstar, you got to fix the choppers. That's how it works. So in Days and Confused, he's got baby teeth? Yeah. Take Go back and see some of the clips. His baby teeth are just kind of unsettling. Uh, which, what's your eight, man? Now I'm looking up Ben Affleck <laughs> And Dazed Confused, I want to see these fucking baby teeth. This is how we get a two-hour show. We just can't stay on point, man. We love these tangents. Every photo, he's got pursed lips. And then the one where he doesn't, the, apparently they decided to put up an image with three pixels. So I can't fucking tell. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there you go. You can see it. The, 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 there's a Daily Mail one showing the difference. They weren't bad teeth. They were just kind of, you know, not fully grown in. So. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Looks like they just chiseled away some of his gums. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, he was asked to fix his teeth prior to Armageddon. There you go. Uh, he said that you guys got to go to the tanning bed, and then they made me fix my teeth and work out and be sexy. Be sexy. How do I do that? I go to the gym. I mean... It's, kind of, it's a Michael Bay film. Hey, man. Yeah, do what you got to do. I'd do it in a heartbeat. If I was There's a certain game. aesthetic. Yeah. You're going to be oiled up for most of these shots, so you got to look good. Well, I mean, Bay says it all the time that, like, people got to get in shape to be in my movies because I, I never know when I want them to run around and do whatever. So um, <laughs> they got to be in shape. So there you go. Sure. <laughs> Um, all right, so moving yeah. on. My number eight yeah. is uh, Short Circuit, baby. Johnny Five uh, <laughs> is alive. And nice. you did point out the, the uh, I guess, problematic. The brown face. The brown face, yeah. Aspect of it, which I, this is only like the second list that's ever come up on. You brought that up the other time. And I was like, no, I hadn't thought about that. Because <laughs> uh, I haven't sat down and watched it. Yeah. But I'll be damned if I didn't absolutely adore that movie as a kid. <laughs> who watched it uh you know 150 200 times was ecstatic when the second one was coming out still enjoyed it not as good as the first one but uh yeah. you know no gutenberg what do you yeah it reduces the quality of yeah. the 80s film exactly um but yeah it's a military robot that gets struck by lightning yeah or there's a power spike or whatever and it it comes to life yep. and throws off the shackles of its military program and decides <laughs> that the truer course, his inner self, yeah, his inner self is about life and exploring the world around him and about creation as opposed to destruction, because that's what he was designed for. Yeah. And he is bucking that system and he wants no part of it anymore. Hence the, you know, him chasing after that butterfly and hopping yes. around. Yes. Um, but it's a, the brown face is 
unfortunate. Yes. In hindsight, looking back, that being said, I didn't notice as a kid because I didn't. You know, think blackface was-, was always or brownface was always a bad thing. It's just that it never was made a big deal about. I think Whoopi was the first time it became a big deal when Ted Danson did it at some kind of mm-hmm. Friars roast or whatever when he was dating. That was like yeah, a birthday celebration for her, and he yeah, did yeah. blackface on the date. And they were but dating that- at the time. They were dating at the time. And I want to say, if memory serves, she signed off on it. Yes, that's what I'm saying. She was apparently totally fine with it. You know, humans are full of hypocrisies and incongruent situations because they are influenced by being friends with someone, in love with someone, family with someone. So that colors their perception. It's rare when you find the person who is consistent across the board, no matter what. So, you know, Whoopi seemed to have no issue with it. Um, but that doesn't mean other people didn't have an issue with it. So, but I think that was the first time I remember it being like a big deal. Do you know what I'm saying? I'm sure people back, black people back in the 1920s were like, what the fuck with this Al Jolson guy and all the blackface that was going on in the twenties and thirties as well. But you know, they weren't, it wasn't nobody, nobody seemed to give a shit in the main stream situation. It isn't until recently it became a big deal, you know, but yeah, the Ted was the first one I remember. So, I, yeah, anyway, I even, I even knew as a kid, I went as Urkel one year for Halloween, but I didn't do the blackface. I just had that spray paint for your hair, and I spray oh. painted my hair black. <laughs> That's good. That's good. At least you didn't do your face. That's no, good. I didn't do my face, but I just turned wow. my hair jet black <laughs> and uh, jacked my pants up and put glasses on and yeah, uh, went out as Urkel. for. Uh, but yeah, Fisher Stevens, it wasn't until years and years later yeah that I realized that was the same person. Yeah. Uh, I was oblivious to it as a kid. I just thought he was an Indian guy. I mean, too, I'd never seen him before I saw the movie. So I thought he was, too. Because, I mean, I'm, I think I'm 15, 20, uh, 16 years old, 14, whatever, when this thing came out. So I was like, oh, okay. And then um, you find out later, you're like, ooh. Ee. So, but yeah. Still working that Fisher Stevens. He's directing now. Um, Ali Sheedy, Steve Gutenberg. Great song mm-hmm. off the soundtrack from DeBarge, Who's Johnny? Really great song. So, yeah, there's a lot about that first one that's fun to enjoy if you can look past the Fisher Stevens stuff. The sequel, though, horrific. The sequel. There's a reason Gutenberg didn't come back for that sequel. Maybe. I feel like you're just attacking Michael McKeon now. So, <laughs> no, I'm, <laughs> but I'm also saying, like, you know how bad it is that he couldn't come back for that, but he went back for like what five fucking police academy sequels, but he would not go back for the wow. circuit sequel. I think the difference is he's the star of the police academies. Johnny Five is the star of oh, Short good Circuit. Point. Good point. I'm not playing second fiddle to a robot. Exactly. You know who I am. I'm the Gutenberg. I'm Goot. I'm Goot. I loved him showing up on Ballers. He's such a weird cat as an older dude. Now he's got that box for a for a torso. So funny to watch him now as an older dude, but he's still fucking good actor, man. I like him in the more seedier roles he plays. Well, I'm um, sure you and the three other people that watch Ballers enjoyed seeing good. Oh, there was more than that. There were that many seasons of it, man. I hate to break it. Down. <laughs> All right, fine. Seven. I don't, you're the only person that I've ever heard yeah. reference watching Ballers. That's because you shame everybody who references it. They know you're going to shame it. That show. That show was like basically, hey, let's take all the boring parts of Entourage, which was already a boring show, right, and make it its own standalone show. 
That's what I felt about Silicon Valley. Silicon Valley was like, <laughs> it's like those, they, they kept cloning them after Entourage. They kept cloning them. I, I never watched it. Yeah. It's essentially, it's essentially Entourage for nerds or for whatever. Yeah. Tech nerds or whatever. Anyway, all right, let's move on. Um, uh, so my number 10 is um, the Terminator film. Uh, okay. Do we want to call that a punt? Because I have a different one. Yeah, sure. If we want to call it a punt, that's fine with me. Okay. Uh, so then my number nine is uh, Upgrade. All right, go for it. Yeah, I love this movie. Absolutely love this movie. If you guys haven't seen this movie, can't recommend it enough. Uh, Stem is the AI that gets put inside of his body, and it controls his body because he's a paraplegic after a car accident. Uh, and you find out that the car accident is connected to the fact that they wanted to use him to try out this AI. And it becomes a whole thing, and uh, it takes over his body, takes over his mind, uh, and he finds out who's the person that set up the car accident, and he goes on this revenge tour to try mm-hmm. to get to the person. So it's awesome. It's so fun. The action sequences are great. Lee Winnell directed it, and the uh, the uh, fight choreography is just off the charts excellent. And it's just one of those you know quietly fucking good movies that comes out every once in a while. It doesn't get a huge amount of hype. But the people who see it absolutely love it. And Upgrade is just one of those ones that I go back to and still watch certain scenes from uh, all the time. You know, I think it's four or five years old now because it was back in L.A. when I was living in L.A. when it came out. So just so good. So that's my two cents on it. I held off on seeing it just because Logan Marshall Green. Yeah. I've always found to be pretty much a miss. (laughs) As an actor, really? Yeah. It's like, uh, well, name me another thing. I don't think that I can because I don't know if I've seen him in anything else besides Upgrade. Well, you have oh, Prometheus have? and Spider-Man oh, right. Homecoming. He was the doctor. In Pro- but everyone was fucked up in Prometheus. I, I mean, except for maybe Numi Rapace. Everyone, there's not I, really, I mean, Idris Elba is doing a terrible accent. Um, yeah, but at least he's likable. I realized <laughs> yeah, yes. that, that his character wasn't intended to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. And oh, he's in, Shocker? Is he Shocker? Yeah, oh, Spider-Man Homecoming. Shocker and Spider-Man Homecoming. Oh, but it's such a tiny part. Yeah, why would you take that for such a tiny part? Because he's not getting offered shit else. Maybe. Of this budget size. Yeah, you're probably right. Because, I mean, he slid pretty much into television after that. Well, no, because he did Damnation. Then he did Upgrade. Then he's just done television. Like The Defeated, a couple of movies, and then most recently Big Sky, which was a kind of a big thing they were trying to push there on i think on prime video um so yeah but yeah not yeah i can't think of anything like i said shocker um yeah i'm looking at these films and i don't think oh prometheus right as you said i didn't see devil i uh, okay honestly devil's probably his biggest oh really outside of upgrade his biggest part okay dude he's they're just awesome. trapped in that elevator okay it's good it's good. I would recommend that one. Upgrade's much better. Yeah, Upgrade's a better film. Who who was he in Across the Universe? Paco? I don't know who the fuck that is. Anyway. Yeah, no idea. Anyway, so there you go. So, yeah. Because, yeah, Kirkland, Tom Hardy, and I was like, I don't know <laughs> if I buy into this, and everybody was singing the praises, and eventually I did see it, and I was like, that was really good. Yeah, I know. It was surprising how good it was. Yeah. It really was. 
I was kind of uh, hoping you'd have that one just to mix it up. I threw on small soldiers as my one. Oh, yeah. Microchip comes alive. Yeah. Type of thing. Lee's a fucking great, a great director, man. I, the, the Invisible Man was fucking awesome. So I, I like when he does that stuff. You know? Surprisingly better than you'd ever think it could be. Oh, yeah. I think you should get him on. Oh, he was on the OC TV show. Yeah, I didn't watch that. <laughs> I didn't watch any of those shows. Really? Oh, no. No, 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 no. That he was on that show? I yeah. never watched it, but oh, he, I didn't realize he'd he, been around that long. He was one of the main kids on the wrong side of the tracks. Bro. He, Alex, you're killing me without the punctuation. He what, was in the OC TV show as main kids, wrong side of the tracks, brother. There we go. What? What is wrong side of the tracks in Orange County? <laughs> liberals? I think liberals. Yeah. What fucking ridiculous. Uh, Having driven through Orange County, liberals are definitely the wrong side of the tracks. Um, and then my number eight is Ex Machina. That's a punt. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Go ahead. What's your seven? Yeah, I definitely don't have at least one that you're going to have. Okay. So there was. I knew there was going to be a little bit of uh, differentiation yeah, yeah, between yeah. our two lists. Well, clearly, there's been already some differentiation. Yeah. So go ahead. What's your seven? Uh, my seven is the Iron Giant. Oh, knock yourself out. Go ahead, man. Um, it's another one, very much like Johnny Five, where mm-hmm. he's designed for war. Right. And he gets a little knock on his noggin and jumbles possibly a little bit of his programming, but he realizes it's not what I want. Right. He gets pushed to that at the end, but he's also just trying to defend himself and those around him that yeah. he's grown to care for. But by and large, you know, he's, he's trying to open up a new chapter, whether or not he realizes it, but it just woke up this new ideology so to speak new idea as to what he wanted not really realizing his previous history and it's a it's a sweet really well done film that captures on some level the essence and vibe of that era of america Mm. um it comes across in the animation which is kind of difficult to do yeah where it feels uh seamless and natural as opposed to contrived and they're forcing the issue yeah, yeah. um and i i think it's a universal film that works for any age range and uh it's a solid replacement christmas movie in my opinion Ooh, interesting if you, you want to mix it up because it takes place around christmas time okay so if you want a little something different to spice up your holiday movie you know choices yeah. i think iron giant could be substituted in there quite nicely yeah it's a good film. I like it. Certainly um, right at the beginning of Harry Connick Jr. thinking he can be an actor for a little bit. Uh, Jennifer Aniston doing a nice job on the voiceover. And then, of course, surprise of surprise, Vin Diesel as the voice of Iron Giant. And I think this is a Brad Bird. Am I right? It is a Brad Bird. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, like uh, really announcing a number of um, talents or showcasing some talents here that are in a transition place. So really cool to see a damn good movie. I I love it too. I don't. I just don't know why it's, it's not one that I would necessarily put at top ten on my list. So I just I, I saw it as a possible selection, but in the end, I was like, eh. And I respect. You know, it's one of those films I totally respect where people get moved by it. But for me, I don't. I don't run to watch Iron Giant, so that's why I kind of eliminated it off my list. But it's a yeah, great choice. Each their own. Yeah. Exactly. Um, all right. What's next? Uh, my number six is okay. 
Blade Runner 2049. Uh, well, we can punt just I like we do with Terminator because I have yeah. another one on the list. Um, all right. So then my number seven is Iron Man because of uh, Jarvis. That's AI in his in his suit. Okay. So. I did the same thing with you know comic book movies that I did with Star Wars. Oh, oh, fair enough. I only selected one. And uh, yeah. I selected the one that started it all for the MCU, in my opinion, other than Hulk, uh, is Iron Man. I just like I like the AI here. It's such an essential character in the film. The back and forth between him and Jarvis throughout the whole movie is uh, really important to him coming to terms with it. It's great comic relief. Um, so much of it works, even as even as the AI in the actual lab where he's actually having conversations that the AI is understanding him. When he's mm-hmm. having, when he's telling them to stop doing stuff or or whatever, so you're seeing that. So I think the AI becomes a very essential part of this movie, an integral part of this movie. Uh, and Jarvis leads the way, obviously, with the conversations that he has with Tony. If I wanted to go Vision, I suppose I could go all the way out to Vision, but I wanted to start with the beginning of the AI, and I think Jarvis and Paul Bettany's, who does the voice of Jarvis, is fantastic. So that's and yeah, it seems reasonable. There's also uh, Age of Ultron. Yeah, right. You could have gone to Age of Ultron. Yeah, oh. or uh, Spider-Man 2 with Doc Ock because the arms become sick. Oh, right, right. You can also go Spider-Man Homecoming because of uh, the conversations he has with uh, um, Jennifer Colley's, uh character there who comes in to kind of guide him as well. Oh, in that suit? Yeah, in the suit. So, yeah, you could go a number of um, roles. But I feel like it's such an essential part of this movie, like to have that character. Without it, I don't know that Tony is – as humanized uh and certainly he keeps him on track and when he's pushing the boundaries of things jarvis is very much there to remind him how far he can go and can't go uh more importantly so yeah. what well, as weird as it is to say i think it increases the plausibility of the character because mm. there's no way he can do all these things at once yeah right manage the fight itself and then yeah. run the numbers on what are the chances of this how much right. How much energy does my suit have left? How much is this? How much? So if you basically have, you know, uh, much like Ned, your guy on the computer. Yeah. Um, but you have that with you as a companion. So you're robbing there all at all times. Yeah. Uh, it just makes it because you're already willing to buy into the fact that Tony Stark is wildly intelligent. Yeah. But there is a limit to that. So sure. to have somebody come in there and help him. Uh, it makes a lot of sense. It makes it all the more plausible, even yeah. though it's completely implausible. Yeah, fair point. Um, all right, so that was my number seven. So then my number six is uh, Ghost in the Shell. Oh, okay. Yeah, the uh, the uh, original anime from 1995, not the Scarlett Johansson movie. The original anime from 1995 has a lot of artificial intelligence throughout it. It's really, really good anime. Can't recommend it enough. They re-released it recently to in the theaters in a new upgraded 4K format. It's absolutely gorgeous. If you haven't seen this anime, can't recommend it enough for people to watch. Uh, but the AI is all over and literally, I mean, there's a cyborg uh, who is the um, uh, have a partner to the main person, but the main uh, detective is an AI detective trying to investigate the case there in this futuristic Japan. So uh, it's fantastic. Just so good. And the visuals and the images that the AI, it branches out into and is controlled to do. It is fascinating to watch on so many levels. So just, and still endures today. So many different versions of ghost in the shell, ghost in the shell, 
TV series, Ghost Shell anime, manga, um, Ghost in the Shell sequels. So there have been so many versions of Ghost in the Shell around because it, that one film still resonates with a lot of creators. So uh, there you go. That's my thoughts. I need to see it again. It's been since. Like, when did the VHS? I saw it on VHS Ooh, in high school. Probably 96 or 97, I would imagine, since it came out in 95. Okay. Yeah, I would imagine. I Maybe know. it was first year of college or second year of college, but I want to say it was in high school. I haven't seen it since. I remember liking it, and it was yeah. one could be the very first, uh, what is that, anime? Yeah, anime, yeah. Uh, the first anime that I ever saw, and then I saw a few others Yeah. Uh, after that uh, because of it. I was yeah. like, oh, I enjoyed that. And then the same guy was like, oh, well, then you might you know, like these others. And he had a couple more. You uh, might like these. Yeah. Well, look, it worked. I was like, all right. Uh, but I have not gone back to, to rewatch since. So maybe yeah. add that to the list of uh, movies. But that being yeah. said, it's, there's still new movies coming out. So yeah. <laughs> unless I'm going to fall asleep to it, I don't know that I'm going to watch anytime soon. <laughs> no. Um, all right. Well, let's take a quick break. Right, Matt? Yes, we're going to hear this word from our sponsor. We'll be right back after this and jump into our top fives. All right, there we are. Okay. Now getting into our top fives. Yes. So at five, uh-huh. I have the punt from you earlier, Ex Machina. Oh, okay. Let's do it. Um, stellar cast. Yeah. Uh, Domino Gleason, Oscar Isaac, Alicia Vikander. And, you know... Uh, it's part of the fear that John has come to life right there (laughs) on so many levels on so many levels. I think the ending is the very most chilling and I'm not talking about what happens at the compound. It's her once she gets back to society and how easily she blends in. That's the scariest part. Yep. Yep. Where passing for all of us is when it gets dicey. Yeah. Dicey. Uh, yeah, that's what that's what I liked about the first season of Westworld. I've since stopped watching because yeah, just, me too, me too. Once they got out of that realm, they brought it to the real world. I cared way less. Yeah. Um. But in this, this, what is humanity? You know, the Alicia Vikander's character passes yeah. an early Turing test, showing that. You know, she has sentience, how much she has. They're still trying to decipher. Yeah. And then seeing Gleason become attached to that and how much living in his own world that he's created is destroying Oscar Isaac's character kind of from within. Yeah. Uh, The man with too much power left to his own devices and how corrupting that could be an influence when you have no humanity to interact with. No boundaries. Yeah. Yeah. Just doing whatever you want, creating these sex robots for yourself and getting drunk uh, all day long. And it's this weird little fiefdom he's created for himself. Yeah. It's, it's disgusting. Yeah. Uh, but it's a, yeah, it's a chilling, it's a simple idea expertly crafted mm. and brought to the screen yeah. by all accounts, just top to bottom, great casting, writing, directing, cinematography is great. Yeah. Uh, they just did an excellent job. Yeah, hundred percent, man. Um, Alexander, what's his? What's the guy's name who did it? It's uh, is that? It's not Garland, is it? Yeah, Alex Garland. Yes, yeah, Alex Garland. So well done, the film, and 
It's an introduction to Alicia Vikander. She is so good. I still have not seen her be better than this in a movie. I have. Now, I don't watch a lot of the other ones that she does, but certainly the main ones that are out there I've seen, and I, I think this is still her best performance. She is um, silky smooth, vulnerable, uh, honest in the performance. And so when the twist happens, you are just shocked because you've seen the struggle, the internal struggle of Donald Gleason through the whole movie and of, of like, oh, should I do this? Should I not do that? see the horrors of Oscar Isaac and the previous versions of this AI being he has tried to create and how he kind of has eliminated them or stacked them up missing limbs or whatever. It's really chilling to see that so that you're kind of on her side. And then when shit starts to happen and that's that twist happens, you're just like, Oh my God, this is insane. So there's so many journeys to go on with the movie that are just fun to go down and great, great performances throughout and some weird moments like Oscar Isaac dancing and stuff. And yeah, with the other two yeah. from that video footage from him previously. Like, yeah, oh, which is really unsettling. Yeah. 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 Just the stuff. lack of interaction with other people. And this is what you're doing. Yeah, you're creating this so you can have some kind of interaction with human people. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. So then uh, my five is uh, her. The. Um, that is a punt. Okay, sure. Sounds good. What's your four? Uh, my four is Alien. That's my four. Yeah, absolutely. And it's obviously Ash is not the main character. No, but unlike Tars, Ash is the reason we get into yeah. the movie itself. Ash is much more central to the movie than Bishop is in Aliens. So therefore, 100%. if yeah, if we're going to pick one of the Aliens movies, yes. this is the one to pick, absolutely. Because it's the Ash same is, thought process I had. It's like, look, yeah. you take Ash out of this, this movie, there's no point in making it. There's no antagonist. Yeah. 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 Whereas Bishop, you could replace Bishop and Aliens with just a soldier, and it's fine. Right. right. Doesn't really make a, a lot of difference. Or you could probably pull Ash out, I mean, probably Bishop out entirely. You you don't and need Bishop in the movie. You don't. I mean, you can not have necessarily. Else yeah, rescue them at the end. You could have someone yeah. else rescue. Them. Yeah, you could just write another character. Whereas yeah. Ash, somebody there for the corporate intent and yeah. representing the the corporation, and not really caring about the collateral damage that could come out of the right. other side of this, and just and, looking at the potential money to be made. Yeah, as opposed to, I mean, that's Ash gets split off into Paul Reiser's character in Aliens. Uh, yeah, but it's yeah. it's more chilling. And this cold, yeah, you know, character. There's no reasoning with this character. No, character is very determined on what is it. And people might say, "Oh, you'd still have the aliens." No, you wouldn't, because Ash is the one that makes this all happen. He breaks protocol. Exactly. He's the one that breaks protocol because he knows they have to get that alien. So if he's not there, they don't break protocol. And so there is no alien on the ship. So that's the thing at the end of the day. So that's why he is. 100% more central to that movie than Bishop is because he's the one that instigates everything happening there yeah. on the ship. And the- Sigourney Weaver is demanding a quarantine. He overrules her. Yep. And that's the reason that the alien gets on the ship. Yep. Uh, His death scene is great. Oh, my God. There's quite a few in that movie that are just mm. chef's kiss perfect. I mean, just all the... Just to think that it's the white blood coming out or whatever that is, that liquid, you're just like, oh, my God. And then yeah, his, those bead things. Yeah. And then his, like, screams and shit. You're just like, oh, my fucking God. And then when she reconnects him, um, 
and gets the information from him, the 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 smile on his face of like, oh, you're so fucked. Like it's just a great to see an AI have a revenge in its mind is just so perfect. So perfect. Yeah. Well, knowing too that he's more than likely fulfilled the needs of the company. Yes, right. He's his, achieved his goals. Yeah. yeah. His prime directive is this. Once he encounters this, it clicks some sort of sub-programming in him that overrides yeah. whatever previously existed and said, well, now yeah. this could be worth billions or trillions of dollars or whatever number figure they're going to set on it, which means it's more valuable than these eight people, six yeah. people, whatever yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. They're nothing in comparison to what this could mean for us long term. It's amazing to watch him in the film too. I mean, it's amazing to watch Ian Holm in anything, really. I mean, right? I mean, he's just one of these surprising actors that you see pop up and stuff. You're just like, wow, this guy's been yeah, he's always good. So many different things that are just classic films or class or you know quiet favorites or whatever. And you're just like, when he shows up in Garden State, you're like, that's who you chose to be your dad. What an interesting mm-hmm. choice, you know. So he's so good as Ash here. But I mean, think how small his part is in Lord of the Rings, and yet. I can remember oh, right. all his lines of dialogue. Right. Right. I forgot about that. He is um, such a small part of Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's so indelible. There's other people in it that have larger parts and they yeah, don't yeah, stick yeah. out near as much as what he brought to screen. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's always, he's always good. <laughs> um, okay. So what's your three? Uh, my three is the punt her oh okay go ahead man um it's a surprisingly beautiful story oh, yeah. about the what we're feeling is so it's certainly not too distant future but we're even more disconnected than we are now yeah and joaquin phoenix has plays a character that's going through a divorce and he gets a new um operating system for his phone Mm -hmm. and it has an artificial intelligence in it and you can set it to a female voice and he slowly falls in love with the ai and the ai with him as well yeah Yeah, and it feels genuine it's not this forced like oh he's such a lonely guy as their story develops you understand why this guy that's it's somewhat isolated it's going through a divorce would gravitate towards a relationship like this and that's how he yeah. comes to view it ultimately is i am in a relationship and i am in love yeah with i think her name was samantha yeah um voiced by scarlett johansson yeah and you really buy into it it's when i walked out of the theater i remember that i most impressed this disembodied voice yeah and you could understand why someone that was needing of interaction and uh, uh, that type of, of connection with yeah. something else could latch onto and gravitate and uh, create feelings yeah. for this artificial intelligence. I found, and then, I found it wildly plausible. Yeah, I did too. And then decide to do what it does at the end. Yeah. You're like, wow, this is so fascinating. Because she is essentially guiding him through loss, guiding him through grief, guiding mm-hmm. him through this way to help him get over the loss of his actual physical, I think, wife or girlfriend. Uh, it's his wife. He has to get a divorce, and there's the scene where right. he, signed, he has to sign the papers. That's right. His wife. So, you know, she serves her purpose. And then there's the 
conversation that happens at the end. You're like, wow, this is so fucking healthy. This is so like emotionally healthy, even though there are, there is that reaction initially, it does end in an emotionally healthy place. And it's, you know, like so great. And yeah, I love, I love that ending where part of it is too, is like, listen, you wouldn't get it. (laughs) (laughs) And you're kind of like, yeah, I guess I wouldn't. It's akin to what you brought up at the start, like an hour ago. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, It's like, yeah, I wouldn't. I don't. You're not speaking the same language, literally. (laughs) And I think um, this is maybe the, I would put it in the top two or three of Scarlett Johansson performances. Maybe even number one, to be honest with you. Because usually when she's on camera, I can find moments where she's not fully believable in almost every performance and you know, she's, but she's good. So you can't argue that, but with her, the voiceover work here is stellar. And I, mm-hmm. I remember, you know, talking to my friends and there's that, well, I didn't, I was on social media back in 2013, but I remember saying things like, you know, th- there should be Oscars for this kind of performance because it was incredible. And voiceover actors are acting and the acting here is off the charts good and um, yeah so um, you know that and andy circus and a couple other situations there should be nominations for best actor even if they don't see you on screen so but you have a connection Mm -hmm. um you have a connection to uh those disembodied voices yeah i did well, usually, like when you talk about great voice acting, you still have some sort of character reference on screen, right? And you'd be like, "Oh, it's amazing the animated way they brought this to life, or whatnot." And right. the exuberance in their voice really helped fuel this scene, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And just to just to hear the voice alone and create some sort of attachment as a viewer, um, yeah, I'd be curious looking at her you know, filmography to see where this would land. Because I feel like people create the image in their minds as they listen to Scarlett's voice. So you may not see the image on screen, but I do think people in their minds are having an image of Scarlett and what she's doing and what this character would look like, because we all know who Scarlett Johansson looks like, um, playing the role. So Did you conjure someone other than Scarlett? I just thought of Scarlett as... I suppose you could if you wanted to, you know. It depends on how attached you are to the image of Scarlett Johansson representing that voice. If you've got some more creativity, some more imagination, I'm sure you could imagine another person voicing that voice mm-hmm. or you know, sounding like that. So, yeah. Yeah, it's possible. It's a great cast, though. Joaquin and Amy Adams, Rooney Mara, as we mentioned, Scarlett. Pratt, Chris Pratt's in this. Kristen Wiig, Hater is in this. Olivia Wilde is in this shit, so... So it's a damn good cast. It's one of those films that doesn't get talked about enough, and it's hard to believe it's nine years ago. That's crazy for me, man. Feels like yesterday. Um, all right, so then my three is The Matrix. That's a punt. Okay. What's your two? Uh, my two is I went with Terminator 2. Oh, okay. So that not the Terminator, right? Terminator 2. Go ahead. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, Skynet, up yeah. to their same old shenanigans. <laughs> Uh, I just prefer two to one. Yeah, no, watch... yeah that's why two one is on the is on the lower end of my list because I don't think it 
holds up as much as two does. But yeah. So why did you choose one over two? Then? Oh, because it's the original. Okay. And so to me, in my mind, I mean, this is the original AI. And of course, but with two, I hate Edward Furlong in that movie. I just do not like him in that movie. So uh, I'm one of those rare people that enjoyed what they did in Terminator Dark Fate with him. So I, I, I was, I was, I just didn't like him in the movie. So the thing that holds Terminator back, the original, is the the datedness of it. It's really dated. Yeah. But it's still fun. There are some good scenes. It's just not a better movie than some of the movies that are on my list higher up, in, in my opinion. I mean, they're looking at it through the the first one through the lens of. James Cameron is a nobody mm-hmm. making this for the most shoestring of budgets. Oh, now that's, is it a B movie? Is this uh, a B movie more than Predator? Would you argue? Cameron's not. Well, I don't consider Predator a B movie. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I know. I wouldn't consider Terminator necessarily a B. Part of B wow. movie to me is it's, like it's really good shit movie. What? A B movie. That's what you think a B movie is? Oh. I realize it doesn't follow the classic definition <laughs> of, but that's how I view it. That's like I realize it doesn't fit any of the known well, definitions just like, for this, but that's how I define it. The best of Roger Corman. All Roger Corman's are B movies, but like that's the best true. of Roger Corman is Very true. is, is B movie what you compare it to and Terminator and Predator are much better than anything Roger Corman ever did. Yes. I'm not going to disagree with you. I, I agree with you hundred percent. So, so, well, yeah. Ipso but, facto, that means you don't believe those are B movies. And no, guys, it's, after it's, all these years, we finally, we got it. We got it. We beat him with logic. It's the best of the B movies. That's what I would say. Uh, not the case. Anyway. Yeah. Um, Conan's a B movie as well. I don't care what anybody says. Go ahead. Anyway, I love that. You ever seen uh, Schwarzenegger talk about I'll be back where the on set? No, no. What did he say? So he's with Cameron and he pulls him aside and he's like, listen, and this is early yeah. Arnold. And he's like, I really think my character would say I will be back. And part of that <laughs> is because he didn't want to say I'll because of his accent. But it, he was, his his logic to get through this is sound. He's like, it's a computer, so yeah. it wouldn't use a contraction. No, that is not bad logic. Yeah. He's, yeah. I, and he's like, it's, so he would say, I will be back. And I guess Cameron looked at him and was like, what does the script say? And he said, I'll. And he's like, just say the fucking words. And they just went back and he's like, all right, well, I'm saying the words. Uh, and he but was I right, do like the... Iconic. Yeah. It, it is iconic. It just it flows better. Yeah, I don't think it would have been as iconic, Matt, with I no. will be back. Yeah. I don't think so either. Yeah. The definitive nature of it, the I will be back, yeah. as opposed to the casualness of a murder machine saying, <laughs> I'll be back. Like, you fucking wait. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sit there behind your glass. <laughs> like, let's go fucking stop me. Good luck to you. Uh, there, he coppers. Looks, he looks it up and down. He goes, yep. I'll be back. It's great. I'll be back. Just the yeah, casual yeah, nature. Sure. I think it's much better. <laughs> uh, but two, I mean, yeah. Skynet has now introduced this liquid metal yeah. Terminator into it and just up the stakes that much more. T-1000. And yeah. the idea that this AI overlord from the future can send back iteration after iteration after iteration to just kill off any person that's problematic in the future yeah. is a 
simple and devious idea. <laughs> yeah. And this is, um, and, and, you know, you cast someone like Robert Patrick and you're like, Oh my God, can this person step in? Why is a skinny guy coming in with nobody knows who he is? Is he really the right choice? And he absolutely nailed it, man. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, people forget how, because I mean, Robert Patrick's still very much part of our conversation as an actor, just being a peacemaker recently. But you forget how he was such an unknown, you know. Yeah, this made him. Yeah, this made him, right, exactly. You're coming in to a sequel of a a legendary film. Uh, You're going to be directed by now a director who is building his resume strongly in James Cameron. You're working with one of the biggest stars in the world at the time. Uh, still, I guess you would argue. Um, and so you got to hold your own. And Linda Hamilton, who's a phenomenal actress. Uh, you got to hold your own. Mm-hmm. And so that whole situation comes down. I was recently watching uh, Graham Norton. Every once in a while, I watch Graham Norton clips on YouTube. Yeah, I me too. Holes and stuff. They're, they're great. They're great interviews. He's such a good interview. Um, but he was talking to Linda Hamilton and Arnold uh, after Terminator Dark, for the Terminator Dark Fate press, right? Uh, and... Uh, she was talking about how she, it was. It came out that she didn't actually want to do the movie with him, and Arnold had never heard the story, never heard. The oh, story. really? Yeah, and uh, you know she was kind of really like sheepish and a little bit embarrassed because Arnold's like, "No, I've never heard this." And so she he proceeds to say how she was a New York actress, and that and 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 Linda says I was I was pretty arrogant about it. I did not want to fly to the coast to work with a bodybuilder. To me, it didn't seem like something I should do. Um, and then Graham kind of walks a little bit into a minefield because he talks about like, well, you were married to James Cameron at the time and blah, blah, blah. And of course, they had a pretty acrimonious divorce. So for him to yeah. bring that up, you could tell Arnold immediately was like, I do to save this. So he just goes off on a separate tangent to save the interview because you could tell that Linda was starting to get really uncomfortable. Um and so you, it's a fascinating thing, though, to hear how she if she was a she was a legitimate nobody. But in at the time, but in her mind, you know, she was like, I'm this New York actress and I'll be damned if I'll be working with this bodybuilder. And it's like you could argue if it wasn't for this film, who knows what would happen to Linda Hamilton? Who knows if she would have ever made it? You know, so it's just fascinating. You just never know in a moment of arrogance or, you know, whatever. You, you feel like it's not the right situation. Yeah. And it might be the right situation where you just never know. Yeah, it's the biggest thing yeah. that you've done on screen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Leads to, a, you know, still getting, making those movies. Yes. All these years later. Almost 40 years later. Yeah. 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 Although the last one's so underperformed, I think that's officially done now. But Yeah, and she even came out and said she doesn't want to go back and do them anymore, which is a shame because she was fucking good in that movie. And that yeah, movie that, is good. That old movie is the best thing since T2. Yes. Agreed. 100% agreed. And, and uh, it's a nobody, nobody liked it. They more people saw Genesis, which was a turd, and it didn't do insanely well at the box office, but it did enough to justify another. Yeah, and even Just more these, people saw Salvation. Yeah, these angry nerds were so mad about what they did to their hero. And it's just like shut the fuck up, man! Like, like come on, this it was it was logical what they said like if you keep destroying the timelines logically if it's going to happen the timeline must alter so that someone else is uh in the way so i just i found that to be and you know in my opinion matt and you know you don't of course you don't have to agree with it but in my opinion i I always thought it was a little bit racist because they chose a 
Latina girl to replace the the white lead of the story. And it was so frustrating to see that happen because I think it really worked. It was very well written. Doug, I love that he this that whole sequence with him, you know, ha- having learned because he's an AI, having learned about what he had done and what that effect could have been on Sarah Connor and him going forward to live with this woman to kind of maybe make up for it a little bit. And then of course, you know, try to apologize to Sarah. So I thought that was great. And there wasn't any kind of like, yes, I'll save you Mr. Terminator at the end. It was very much a a kind of respectful, begrudging, a begrudging respect between two warriors. Anyway, blah, blah, blah. Uh, where are we at? Two. Uh, that was my two. Okay, so then my two is is the is Blade Runner, which was the punt from earlier. Though you had you chose twenty forty nine. Twenty forty nine. Um, I mean, I'll always choose this one. It's just always going to be. But twenty forty nine. It was you know I had to choose one of the two, and I'm going to choose this one always every time. So just such a good movie, great movie. But, but please, we've talked about Blade Runner many times. Please, if you want to talk about twenty forty nine? Go ahead, my man. Um. Well, I mean twenty forty nine. Coming out, you're like, all right, Villeneuve. Yeah. You're on a roll, buddy. Yeah. I'm excited. And Blade Runner, I've always enjoyed, but not to the degree that you and others yeah. hold it up. But it's like, okay, interesting. This is what you choose to tackle next. And gave that world a vividness that I didn't see coming. Yeah. It, I feel like he talked to George Miller and was like, how do I infuse Good point. my world with some of that, but still keep it the same as it was before yeah so you can add sparks of life but there's still the drab nature of i mean everybody seems depressed in this world yeah um and then you have that bright spark uh of of light and what should be uh, a spark of life and joy and whatnot yeah against it actually makes it all the more real in that it doesn't it that is there to mask the reality of we're all isolated and depressed and then to take the previous where the replicants are now potentially reproducing yeah yeah, yeah. ramifications that would have for humanity on top of all that and then the, the general fear of well shit if these replicants currently if they deviate from their prime directive we kill them immediately right exactly and if they can procreate, well, they'll overtake us. Yeah. And that unlocks a whole new set of problems. Right. And I love that the uh, Jared Leto's character has, tries sees that and tries to take advantage of it for his own financial gain as opposed yeah. to seeing for what it is, which is potential downfall of the human race. And right. what do you do about that? Because it opens up a moral quandary of if they show signs of life, should we just snuff it out? because we believe of believe in the existential fear of what they potentially could do to us. Yeah. Is that enough to make them go extinct? Well, you know, and it doubles down uh, on what Wayland was doing in the first movie when he creates that female replicant and um, slowly kills her. Right. As he talks about, cause she's not able to do the thing that he was hoping she would be able to do. And there were a number of them that have been created ahead of time. Uh, and they knew, and he knew as immediately as he was having this conversation and touching her. So you get to sense that this is a real person. And then he's doing the things that he does. You feel that death, even though you just met this replicant seconds ago, 
you feel that death because of the casualness in his uh, uh, brutality from uh, Jared Leto's character. And so it's so well done, you know, and, and the two, uh, well, and the AI from Anna Armas is fantastic. And uh, mm-hmm. Sylvia Hoax's um, uh, replicant is chilling in ways that I think even Roy Batty wasn't chilling. Hers is a, hers is a frustrated anger, right? It, whereas Roy's was more of a calm approach to a philosophical debate, right? But even though he was willing to kill and brutally kill uh, the people on the way to getting the answers, hers is more of a uh, exasperated anger, a desire, a hunger to be number one. And I think that reflects more of what we were seeing in our society at the time. Uh, and still see nowadays. And so I love that change in her as a replicant, you know. She's brutal, unstoppable almost until the end. Yeah. It, it took what was already to me a good property and mm-hmm. elevated it to exceedingly interesting. I could see another movie and another movie in this oh, yeah. world. If if they were if if it had done better, I think there was certainly going to be more. Yeah, For sure, but unfortunately, unfortunately, yeah, it's fallen by the wayside until maybe somebody else with enough heat comes in, and maybe, but who knows how long that'll be? Because there's certainly a lot of people who did like it. It just isn't in the largest numbers, but there were a, a number of people who liked it. So, um, all right, so that was your oh, those are twos. Yeah. So, what's your one? Uh, my one is the Matrix. Oh, okay. Go ahead, man. Um. A practically flawless movie. You can make the argument for sure. Yeah. And just disregard everything that came afterward. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I, this takes, you know, AI to the nth degree. Yeah. Because now we've been enslaved by them unknowingly. And we are the world's most inefficient battery, but that's what we've been turned into. Yeah. And we're we're cattle at that point. Yeah. And we've been dehumanized and we are nothing more than a resource. Yeah. Which is not a situation that we've ever been put into. So put yourself in the headspace of that yeah. and to rail against this should be, that's why the Pantoliano, like, I don't care. I just want to go back. Yeah. You understand the rationale and yet I can't. Right. If I knew that in essence, all of it is fake and I am just living to die in this, then what is the point? As human, you remove the a reason for existence, mm-hmm. then you remove the basic foundation of a human. And so yeah. going back to a flawed existence that I can fool myself is real. I'd rather take that than the reality of this ugly existence in steel ships um, constantly threatened by um, these uh, machines. So, yeah, I, I totally get what Joey Pan. I don't, you know, obviously I don't like the guy as the character in the movie because of how he turns on the crew, but I understand the logic and you can totally see a human being doing that. Yeah. 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 Easily yeah. selling out the rest of them. Sure. And get him back in there and just wipe his mind. He doesn't yeah. remember any of this and he goes back to living you give him a good cushy life and he just lives out his days in the fantasy that you've created for him. And he's completely content in this falsified bliss. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, 
just as effective because you can sit there and, and think about all the different quandaries that it would create. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's why if they announced a fifth one, I'd still be intrigued. Or yeah, totally. Like, okay, you know, I still believe you can get back to the magic of the first one. Sure. And, uh, you know, I didn't hate the last one. It just, it's never going to be anywhere near as good. Yeah. 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 Well, okay, so the minor one is uh, 2001 A Space Odyssey because uh, of Hal. Yep. The biggest uh, AI yep. uh, villain that we... The most of us, I guess, well, I don't know if most of us, but from when I was growing up was one you kind of referred to until like Terminator came along and other things came along. But like, yeah, so chilling to uh, control. And this is where I think I generate my fear of AI. And as a young kid, I saw Jaws 2001. Um, what else? King Kong. Those things kind of scared. I think they put the fear in me, but good at a young age. So those are the things I fear the most. I don't go in the water because of a shark. I'm always afraid of uh, simian uprising and of course artificial intelligence because it's that the idea and you see in the movie of removal of control mm-hmm. you are now no longer the apex predator on the food chain you are now in service you are enslaved to this ai who will decide if you can go somewhere or not and you have to constantly appease this ai so it doesn't question you or have concerns about you and clearly, this I this AI was willing to kill in order to achieve its mission. And certainly, two thousand one is just a few years before the first Alien, so I can't imagine it wasn't influenced. Uh, Ash, the character of Ash, was undoubtedly, it. yeah, yeah. So, but so good, so chilling, still works. You know, we did a deep dive in it with uh, on the Cinephiles with Scott Mance. If people want to listen to that, it was a, such a fun exploration of that film because there is so much to uncover. In in uh, layers and layers of stuff there in 2001: A Space Odyssey. So you know, I, 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 it's we've we've talked about it on the show many times. So yeah, just that's one, one of it's my favorite. So there we go. I wish I loved it. <laughs> I really do. I love I Kubrick, it. and yeah, I just yeah. never. I don't know. I, maybe yeah. I'm just too stupid. I don't. Oh, I don't, it's just it's it doesn't resonate. Man. Yeah, subjective. Yeah. yeah, I mean there are moments, and I love all the stupid mm. like the floating pin is just. Mm. Double-sided tape on plexiglass, <laughs> but it looks it looks real as can be. Yeah. Yeah, 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 it's impressive to make all those you know. Uh, but yeah, dude, once you fake the moon landing, man, I'm out. You know I mean? <laughs> I'm out. Fool me once, Coobs. Hey, hey. Shame on you. Fool me twice. <laughs> Shame on me. Um, all right, well, there's our separate lists. Let's put this thing together. Uh, Matt, I'm gonna grab the bongos. All right, Bongo. adjust this. Yeah. There we go, rosin up the bow, there, so to speak. Mm. Um, all right, okay. I would imagine the matrix is number one. Uh, yeah, it's my. Th- Three. Yeah, it's one. my one. Yeah. And for these double ups with Blade Runner and Terminator, how do you want to do this? We'll just put a slash. I think that works. All right. Same well, then franchise. let's do Blade Runner next. Yeah. We'll just say the Blade Runner and Terminator franchise. Uh, where'd you have Terminator? It's like nine. I had it at 10. So it's a little, 10. it could be a little bit further down because we have Matrix, right? Yeah, right now I've got Matrix and then Blade Runner. Oh, 
Z, I guess. Okay, so Matrix, two. Blade Runners, and then what? Alien? Because that's our four. Yeah, but we have her. Where I've got that as three. Yeah, I've got that as five. So okay, so then her, then Alien, or Aliens, both of them. Uh, well, no, we both chose Alien. All right. I'm sorry. Yes, yes, we did. Okay, so I would say Matrix, because they Blade Runners, uh-huh. uh, her Alien, and then I would say Terminators. Right, because yours, yours is number two, right? Yeah, mine too. Even though it's your ten. Yeah. And then. We I both still have, have my X- number one. Yeah. Which, so two thousand one. Two thousand one. That's fine. Okay. And then what? Ex Machina. Yeah, it's my eight. Yeah, it's my five. Okay. And I don't think we have anything else in common. Okay. So where are we up to now? We have eight, nine, and ten left. Okay. What do you? What's your highest one that's left? Uh, my seven. All right, I have Ghost in the Shell at six. Okay. So we can put that there. Then I have my seven as well, which is Iron Man. Oh, and I've got the Iron Giant. Ooh. I'll give you Iron Giant. All right. No point. Flipping a coin then. All right. That was easy. (laughs) Done. All right. The top 10 artificial intelligence movies. Yeah. At number 10. Iron Man. At number nine. The Iron Giant. At number eight. Ghost in the Shell. At number seven. Ex Machina. At number six. 2001 A Space Odyssey. At number five, uh, The Terminators. At number four, Alien. At number three, Her. At number two, Blade Runners. And our number one artificial intelligence movie is? Is The Matrix. Whoa. There right. it is. Now we have uh, Matt Hassel's list and we also oh, have yeah. shout outs. Let's do it. So, uh, Hassel writes up guys. Thanks as always for accepting my randomness with topic ideas. This one was tricky, but just like the topic, it made me go with some random films, though. I think my number one is predictable as fuck <laughs> at 10. He has AI. I surprised. I was Ooh. surprised this one made my list, but it's like a train wreck. Let's yes. just watch this film and see how bad it gets okay. at nine. He's got blade runner Not nine. Yeah, he says, I know, I know, but I have never been able to stay awake from beginning to end. Wow. Take a- uh, it has everything I should uh, need to be super into, but it just some- simply doesn't grab me as well as some of the others. At eight, he's got short uh, circuit. Yeah. He says, this one is a bit better than Blade Runner. Yeah. This one is a bit of a cheat since I haven't watched it in a while, but I did view it ad nauseum as a kid. Yeah. Uh, so much fun, even with the awful brown face stereotype. Hey, it was the 80s. Those things unfortunately happened. Seven upgrade. Ooh, okay. Just a weird and dark romp through a future that may not be too far off from what is happening now. Also, I enjoy an unhappy ending, and this nailed it. Yeah. Six, two thousand one, a space odyssey. Wow. Six. Uh, okay. I could trim this film down and enjoy it more, but it does have some insane visuals for the time it was made, and Hal is creepy as fuck even before he turns on the crew. Wow. Okay. At five, the Terminator. Yeah. Says, I know the Terminator himself is a robot. Skynet is the AI, which causes this whole film to happen. Intense and cool. And yeah. didn't include the sequel because that movie is more of a boy and his dog. And that is, and this is about AI stuff. Hmm. Fair. Eh, okay. I can see that. 
four war games. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Do you want to play a game? Yeah, I guess so. At its yeah. base level, that's a that's an yeah, AI film. Sure, goes sure, to sure. NORAD and the sure takes on the computers and he says, "What a fun movie to watch as a kid turned into just a twisted idea as I got older. The idea that a computer can suddenly think it was playing a game instead." Uh, because it got hacked, but that game is with nuclear warheads. Too real, especially nowadays. Yeah. Three, Tron. Yeah, Tron was tough for me to leave off. But, I mean, it's the first movie is not that good of a movie. It's a nostalgia movie, but overall not that good of a movie. Legacy yeah. was in contention as well, but it's not that good of a movie either. So. Uh, he writes, Master Control was such a cool villain, especially yeah. the more he, his, he branches out onto what we know is the internet badass visuals that they somehow pulled off and the light cycles alone just make this film awesome at two avengers age of ultron Mm. (laughs) he says i know that i'm in the minority but this is my favorite avengers film because it's the only film of the four where they are actually the avengers the whole time also james spader's ultron works so effing well throwing one of my favorite cap suits and great team action, and I'm all on board in this film. And number one, he's got The Matrix. There you go. All right. Um, yeah. Said the film hits him in the sweet spot, so it had to be number one. It's awesome. Yeah. It's got great, awesome action, uh, uh, visuals, a dark AI take, uh, great martial arts, and uh, deep philosophical concepts. So, well, thank you, Hasso. Appreciate your list, brother, man. Always good. Uh, Matt, do we have shout-outs to get to as well? Uh, we got shout outs yeah. and uh, this is our way of saying thanks to everybody that supports us at the $5 tier and above on Patreon. So if you'd like to be part of this list, head over to patreon.com forward slash the top 10 with the number 10. John, start us off. Uh, okay. It's uh, Oliver Madrell. Mike Boder. Scott G. Collins. Steve Smith. Fraser Jubb. Uh, Roby or Robbie. Uh, Pele Cola. Eric Taylor. Deepak Mawar. David Steven, Andrew Robinson, Francisco Ramirez, Michael Bauer, Colton Thompson, Callie Onkin, Lachlan Skinner, Charles Kim, Joseph Curran, Fred Castillo, Charles J. Clark, Zachariah Kaufman, Jeff Dickin, Francisco J. Torres, Connor Teal, William D. Dyke. You mean Michael D. Dyke? Oh, sorry. Michael D. Dyke. Sorry about that. Um, Tim Reimer. Eric Bruin. Matt Simmons, Jeremy Bowers, James Petty, uh, Nick Francis, Christopher Brockman, Blake Gant, Cameron Chapman, Alex Russell, Paul Cree, Stacy Flores, Kristen Kurtz, Gareth Weldon, Timothy R. Williams, Nick Baldwin, Cheney Taylor, Ahmad Ali, Darren Bush, Angela Dashner, Drake Fromsdorf, Josh Lawrence, Chelsea Lewis. Adelardo Fuente. Reagan Lovig. Rodrigo Verde III. Andre Constantinescu. Steve Schlackemeyer. Houston Bodley. Roque Orellana. Maurice Robinson. Brandon Caridi. Marlon T. Easy Badfish. Yeah. Robbie Prasad. Joe Fairley. Fairley Brothers. Josh Mabry. Ben Cartwright. Josh Murphy. Michael Orocar. Josh Sachs. George Manchaka. Dale Varley. Ashley Prowls. Sujayan Fernando. Kevin Fuss. Ryan McKenna. Brian Akins. Kevin Hills. Alexander Marzonia. Gareth Wisenant. Oh, Garth Wisenant. Mike Barrington. Noel Kelleher. Jim Payne. David Mitchell Baker. 
Andy Ortiz. John Keefe. Kristen Smith. Hey, Kristen. Marcel Behrman. James Trapani. Drew Enns. Dan Nye. Uh, Matthew Hasso. Seth Shearer. Andrew Marker. Chris Jones. Luke Larson. Chris Cabrera. Robert Haley. And finally, Anthony Castlenova. What's up? What's up? So our thanks to everybody that supports us over at Patreon. Uh, we appreciate it, and we can't thank you enough. And we hope you enjoyed the shout-out in today's show. And uh, you can follow the show on Twitter at Top Ten Show, or it's all spelled out, or on Instagram and YouTube. It is forward slash the Top Ten Podcast with the number 10. So please hit us up. We'd love to hear from you. You can follow me anywhere at Matt Nost and check out uh, Settle the Score, my other movie-related podcast. And that is it for me this week. There you go. You can follow me at The Roca Says. Uh, on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, The Outlaw Nation. Uh, on YouTube, youtube.com slash John Roca says. And then uh, what else? Oh, yeah, all my other podcasts, The Cinephiles, uh, The Geek Buddies, Hot Mike, and Strong Style. All right, y'all take care of yourselves. Be well. We'll talk to you next time with another brand new episode of the Top 10. Peace. Ooh.